Yo, Broski, turn the gain up. Hey, yo, Ren, turn that up. They won't swallow, we let them sticks breathe. Now my kind, I think they miss breathe. Throw out that ride like I'm fishing. Another level, I'm on a big lead. They want some money like a beast, please. This fry like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullets still fly like. New intro, new intro, but same cast of characters. We're back to talk basketball. You thought we were done, but we're not done. Just because the NBA season finishes doesn't mean that we do. Nonetheless, let's get into it, though, because we got a lot to talk about. I'm here at my boys Chris and Kev, so I'm going to let them give their little intro before we get into today's topic. And it is the hard report, just in case you forgot. Kev, how you been? Talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to switch it up. So that's the plan going forward. Something new every week. Hopefully. What are you guys saying? Not much. I've been cooling. Chris, yo, talk to me. Yo, is that the is that the track you dropped in the Yes? Uh, in the, oh <laughs> yes. <day>. In fuego. <laughs> oh my day. I actually apologize for not hearing that. Wait, wait for the outro. I knew Raz didn't listen to it because I didn't hear nothing oh, back. So I knew I flipped you didn't hello, listen still. Yeah, that was like what? Ten seconds into the thing? I'm like, what the I mean, yo, I'm actually sitting here like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is fucking fire. It was in fuego <laughs> stuff. Oh god. Were you blessed, Chris? Yeah, yeah, I'm blessed. Still, I missed the last part. Didn't get a chance to dick ride, but um, <laughs> you know, ten seconds right now. I um, as I've been saying, I'm gonna cry the day LeBron James retires because I truly believe he's the greatest player to ever live. Um, he's the best to ever do it, man. There's really no discussion about it. Um, if you have anybody else, that's your opinion. I have my opinion. The greatest to ever do it. LeBron James, four-time MVP, three different teams. No one's ever done that before. No one will ever do it before. There is levels. I'm blessed. All right, man. Congrats to the Lakers once again. But let's get into it, man. The NBA is wrapped up. Obviously, we know that it came to a it came to an end, like, yeah, but it wasn't a usual process nonetheless because we had the NBA bubble due to the cold coronavirus. But let's talk about the bubble because obviously this is not something conventional. It's a brand new concept. People were skeptical when it was first, when the idea was first introduced, but it seems as if it turned out for the best. So today we're just going to run through some of these topics um, surrounding the bubble, just about general thoughts and whatnot. Um, and we have a real interesting pod, so make sure you stay tuned to the 50th minute because some of you guys are cutting out early. I'm going to start naming you. But nonetheless, let's get into it. Uh, first question, what is the best series of the bubble, Kev? Talk to me. What is your best series that you watched in the bubble? Uh, yo, Denver. I'm going to say Denver and Utah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Denver and Utah. And the close second is Denver and the Clippers. But that one was kind of over early until, you know, it wasn't. But Denver and Utah, it was, that was a show. Um, that was, that felt like a conference finals. Like, Maz didn't want to go home. Like, the finish line was right there. And we obviously saw Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell go at it. And it doesn't get any better than two players of that caliber, right? Two guards, similar, you know, similar height, similar everything, going right at each other for seven games. And obviously the Nuggets came back down down three one. Yeah, I'm agree with you, Kev, because like honestly, like for the most part, this has been an interesting playoffs, but there's only been a few select series that have actually been noteworthy 
for lack of a better word, because obviously, like, the Heat beating the Bucks is noteworthy, but it wasn't really that interesting. Waxing. <laughs> they were out there slapping the shit out those guys. But I will agree with you. I have to go with Denver and Utah just because I was watching that game, or those that series, I should say, and it's like every night I was catching a 50-piece. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If it wasn't Don Mitchell, it was Jamal Murray going back and forth every single night for seven games. And it's just like... Yeah, we talk about playoff basketball, but that's real playoff basketball where guys are literally leaving it all out on the line. So, and at first first round at that, because usually we don't talk about first round series a lot, but that was one of the best first round series I've seen in a while. I rate you. Yeah, okay. I agree with you guys that that was like a, a very um, interesting, uh, very exciting series. And ultimately, like that, that was my number two, only because like you guys said it realistically it was Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. They both put the dick on the table and said, who's is bigger. And when it came down to it, Jamal's had maybe a couple inches on him. And that's, that's how that came down. But my personal favorite series um, of the, of the whole bubble was Toronto versus the Celtics. And the reason why is because it wasn't only about, you know, the players in general and the players had a big thing to do with it, but it was also like what was happening behind the scenes in terms of you have two coaches and Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens that are known for, you know, their intelligence, the X's and O's. And it was a chess match behind the, you know, in the background. And then you also have the exciting moments on the court, like OG hitting that shot in 0.5 seconds, right? After, Kemba Walker does that patented step back and finds Tice wide open under the rim, but we get to sneak it out. You know what I'm saying? Or when fucking Jalen Brown dunked on my guy. I don't even remember who that player is, and I he probably wants to remain nameless. Dunked on him like he's D12. Like, one, two, gather up. <laughs> like That was the best dunk for yeah, me. Who was that? Was that OG? I, it might have been OG. I can't remember who it was because... I honestly, can't think like, of being anyone else. I don't remember being anyone else. Yeah, all I remember Pascal, is like, I remember it still. He, he came with the one-two gather. Like like he was a big man. I could not believe it. That was my favorite dunk of the entire bubble. But he is a two but for like, jumper. Remember that, eh? So every dunk. Nah, nah, yeah. That's, off the, that's like, basically off the vert, fam. fam. Like it, was off, it was no dribble. Exactly. No dribble. Like one, two, up. That's a center finish, though. <laughs> like full body contact. You know what I'm saying? And then like Jason Tatum completely, you know, his numbers in that series. And then, then a guy like K-Lo, like he would, when he was swimming on the ground in his own sweat, you know what I'm saying? Getting nasty on him. Like... <laughs> That series, to me, looking back, and that's why it broke that my heart block, so much. Bro, and that smart block, like, it broke my heart so much when they lost because I'm like, bro, like, this is what playoff basketball is. And I felt like that was the test to get us over the hump. Obviously, like, I used that reasoning to say why, you know, Boston was going to beat Miami, but that didn't work out. So who knows how far the Raptors could have actually went. But, yeah, all in all, I thought that was a great series for the coaching, the playing, the highlights. It had everything for me, so I might have to take that. And I just feel like the level of play in that series was a notch higher than the level of play in the Denver and Utah because they, those guys were just running and gunning. Like, I was wondering who the fuck is going to guard anybody. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Was, and that wasn't was the case on the other end. It was a yeah, gun. Yeah. So the Boston, gun- Boston, Toronto was barely those Here's why I can't pick that, fam. I was too invested in that series to enjoy it the way you would have if you're impartial. See, and I'm watching Denver and Utah. I don't really care who advances. So I can watch that and just enjoy basketball. But when I'm watching that Boston and Toronto series, I'm too invested to completely enjoy it the way I should. As you say everything that you, that you just repeated, like you just said, I'm wondering, like, 
why didn't I enjoy that more? And then I realized it's because I was invested. I hear that. And yeah, I was invested too, but like looking back on it and this looking back at the moments, like I seen some of the highlights of the series and I'm like, real bro, like these are all like legit moments that I would, I'm going to always like remember as a Raptor fan, like that OG shot, him walking off like he, he did it six times before that. Like, and then in the presser, he demands that, yo, I don't shoot to miss. You know what I'm saying? So like, I'm a never, I'm a never forget. I'm never going to forget those moments. And I may be biased, which is why that might be my favorite. But like, looking back, I'm going to have to take that series for sure. I I hear what you're saying, Chris. And like, I'm not going to fault you for that. My thing is just like, call me crazy. Like I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased myself because I really do rate Donovan Mitchell, especially after this series. And I just like buckets. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just like Bucky. They know like, still. They know Robs. <laughs> like they know. They know as long as you're scoring, that's all that matters. Too. Yo, I, I, I appreciate the buckets. My mistake if that's a wild take. But whenever I met two men are giving me 50 pieces in the same game, I'm tuned in, locked in, PVR that. Don't worry, I got it. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't fault you with that. Obviously, like I'm a Raptors fan myself, so like that that series was interesting as well. There's a lot of high moments in that as well. But um, I'm still gonna go with the Denver and Utah. Uh, matchup, unfortunately. Well, not for unfortunately. Fortunately, I'm going with that matchup. But um, moving on to the next question. So there's a lot of teams. Obviously, we had a bit more than 16 teams come to the bubble, but we ultimately only had 16 playoff teams. So take the question how you want it. What is the team of the future? And I'll just start out by saying I think the team of the future would have to be Dallas. And granted, there's going to be more talented teams in the bubble or teams that have a, a little bit more chemistry or cohesion amongst them. But I just feel like when Luka Doncic puts on that type of performance and you have him on a rookie contract and KP, yeah, he was hurt. Knock on wood if he's able to stay healthy. And even if you add whatever pieces you add to Luka moving forward, I just don't see how that team doesn't have the brightest future when you might have a future MVP on his rookie contract. Personally. Um. Uh, yo, Doncic is so good, fam. But Chris Tapps, I don't. I just don't believe Chris Tapps is gonna make it. Still, I don't think he's gonna be able to stay on the court. The knees nah, are knocking. It. It. <laughs> uh-huh. The knees are knocking, fam. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's just not gonna make it, fam. Like, and it's gonna suck because then man's are gonna look at Luca and say, "Yo, why can't you get it done?" But there's gonna be a man making thirty M's who is there, but then. At the most op- unopportune time, the worst time, he might just disappear on you. And for me, I'm just looking at Denver. They've been to two conference finals. You have Jamal Murray, who obviously proved himself on a different level this year. Jokic being Jokic. And Michael Porter Jr. inserting himself as a player in this lineup. And I expect him to get a lot better after... This is only his first year in the league. Right, and his rookie season was his rookie season was basically the bubble, because he didn't play as many minutes uh, before the restart. So for me, it's the Denver Nuggets wholeheartedly. If I had to pick another team, I'd say the Boston Celtics, just because of Tatum and Brown. But I'm sticking with Denver on this one. Yeah, and I'm a flip flop because I had Denver as my number two option, and I had Boston as my number one, and ultimately it just came down to. You know, in today's NBA, like we know, the wings are where it's at. You know what I'm saying? And after the wings, it's the perimeter players. And then it's the big man. And I understand that Jokic is a type of big man where 
You know, you can't really box him in into the big man category. But at the same time, he has his own limitations to where I feel like I can. So I'm just... And then when I look at a guy like Jason Tatum, I feel like Jason Tatum is going to be better than Jokic. He may not be better right now because... When it comes to Jokic, there's not much players more clutch than than Nikolai Jokic. Not more players that, you know, has shown up in moments like Nikolai Jokic. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to not give his, him his credit in that aspect. Whenever it's time to show up, we know he's showing up. But I'm just leading on. I see a team with a guy in Jason Tatum where when guys slow down, like when the Paul George and the Kawhi Leonard and the LeBron James leads, I expect him to take over that mantle to be the next great wing. And all I've seen in history is the, the next great wings or the, the great wings are the ones leading their team to finals. And then he has another wing on his team in Jason Tatum. That's already locked up for the next four or five years. So I'm Brown, like, fam, Brown, Brown, Brown. Yeah. My fault. He, he already has Brown that's locked up. So I'm like, I'm a I'm a hang my hat on the two wing duo before I hang my hat on the you know the point guard and the the center that although they're both great and I already sang the praises of I almost blew a gasket defending you know defending my man Murray you know what I'm saying so like it's not like I don't rate him either but like I also look at both of them and I see the flaws in both of their games and I look at Jason Tatum and, and Brown and I'm like I don't see those type of flaws to where I'm thinking that they're not going to be able to, you know, make a finals. Like I can see flaws in the other two where I can say, yeah, they may not get to a finals because of this reason. So I'm going to stick with Boston. But biggest thing with that is that they're in the West. So I feel like that's the biggest part why Denver may never see a finals. Yeah, but we, but, already, but, but we already spoke about, you know, the East turning up. Like we yeah, spoke yeah, about yeah. that. And, and, and so I feel like, I feel like if anything, like the East and the West, Coming into next season, they should be on the same level of playing field in terms of top tier talent. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. For me, with the with the Celtics, I think Tatum. I think Brown just has to keep getting better. I don't think I think it's a given that Tatum will continue to get better, but I think Brown. We just got to look at him and say, all right, hopefully he hasn't hit his ceiling yet, and he keeps getting better. And at that point, those two are scary because I think Kemba his play is only going to go down from here. Um, Smart seems to be getting a lot better, but it's going to land on those two shoulders and. They just got to keep getting better. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'll rethink, but I, I still would take Dallas because I feel uh, like... It can't be Dallas. It actually can't be yo, Dallas. But here's Luka, my thing. Luka, like, no one's... Already, no, no, there's nothing to say about Luka. Seen? But fam, it's not It's not a matter of just Luka and anybody you put around him. It's just not going to be that, fam. He's not that type of player to where I'm going to okay. just say, yo, here's, I have... Here's he's just not LeBron James. He's just not LeBron James. I understand that, but hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I understand where you guys are coming from, Tatum and Brown, and I, that's a very valid point. I'm not going to take anything away from those guys because those guys are tremendous in their own right. But what I'm saying is this, right? I'm a, I'm going to have to assume everything to be equal. So if I take Luca and what he's at, and speculate that he gets better, right? Even if KP is 75% of what he is, right? Oh, the thing about it is I'm looking at the rest of the Dallas roster, and those guys are borderline NBA rotation players. Other than like Seth Curry, there's not too many mans on that roster that you're really going to say is going to be in other teams' nine-man rotation. So the point I'm trying to make is that if he's even able to get with competent players, right, above average or even average starters or average rotation players, I could see him being in a position where he may go to a finals in two, three years, right? But who's his number two, fam? 
I'm I, I, I okay. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll I'll admit that I'm assuming KP to be healthy, which is a big if, right? It's a big if. But if he is healthy, I don't see anything stopping him. If he's not healthy, it might take a little bit longer. But I have faith in the organization to make the adjustments to say that I'm going to put Luke in a position to win within the next three to four years. I feel like once you give KP thirty million, and if he can't stay in the lineup, then there's no adding a number two after that. Like he is the number two, and you just have to hope when he misses thirty games or misses two months, it's in January, not June. That's a fair point. Uh, honestly, fair point. I feel like I feel like Luca's gonna follow the the story of you know what happened to a guy like Kevin Durant, what happened to a guy like LeBron James, what's happening to Giannis right now to where, you know, the the individual talent is undeniable, right? But at the same time, when you have older teams or older players that are great in their own right and they're linking up, because I'm pretty sure we always, we're going to, like, link-ups are here to stay. You know what I'm saying? So when you have older players, older vets that are great in their own right and they're linking up, and now I'm gonna ask a young K, a, a young Luca with a hobbled KP or an unreliable KP to get over those type of humps. It's just like I don't see him being able to do it, not on his own. And like as we already said, he's not LeBron James, so it's not like I can just close my eyes and say at the end of the day, like Luca's gonna do what Luca's gonna do, and I can just you know make make it work. I'm I'm just gonna be able to get players out there because at the end of the day, bro. First of all, Dallas isn't the most intriguing free agent destination. And yes, Luca may be able to change that. But even at that point, what type of players are going to be, you know, able to get him past a LeBron and AD? What players are going to get Luca past, uh, uh, what do you call it, a Kevin Durant and thing and, and Kyrie Irving, a Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? Like, but you see, I this don't is my see problem. This is my yet. problem. This is my problem, though, because remember, we have to remember the question at hand. It's what team in the future? Yes, we understand LeBron. We understand Stephen Kyrie, Kyrie, and Kyrie. Um, we understand that. But again, recognize where those guys are in their career. Yeah, Bron, Bron is un- kind of unfair still. Like he's thirty-five. Like we have to hey, understand, and even- that's why I say the future, eh? Because the future could be next three, four years, and those guys are not the same guys we're talking about right now. Not even nah, close. But in the next three, four years, there is no KP in my estimation. Yo, here's the thing. This is the, this is what's so dangerous about a guy like Chris Asperson. You've seen? He gives you a false sense of reality. Because from October to January, you're, you're winning 70% of your games. You look like an offensive juggernaut. Defensively, you're playing well enough to win games. So now you're on path to win 60 games. Seen? And you're looking at your roster saying, okay, we have a real chance this year. And then... In April, he gets hurt, misses two months, comes back right in front of the t- right in time for the playoffs, and then he's not really the guy that you expect him to be. Or he gets hurt in May and he's out completely. So every year you go in and say, "All right, we're this good in September, in November, December, we're this good." But by the time you get to June, you have a shell of yourself, and you're just going to keep repeating the same cycle. So for me, it's just scary, fam. Like I can't, I can't co-sign. I feel like the discussion needs to be more like, and we have this coming up. We have this coming up where we're talking about who's the best player, the best young player, and we can transition to that. And I agree at that point, I'm going to pick Luca. I'm going to pick Luca because I feel like he's the closest thing to being the next dominant 
player where I look at him and I'm saying that, yeah, he's going to be like back when we were looking at Giannis, like we knew Giannis was going to win MVPs. You know what I'm saying? It it was only a matter of time. And I feel like Luca is the next young player where I can look at and I can say, yeah, like it's only a matter of time before that guy starts winning MVPs. As much as I like Tatum, I don't look at him saying he's going to get an MVP in his career. You know what I'm saying? But like Luca, I look at him and like, yeah, he's going to get one. I don't know if you agree with that. I think he has one for sure. Like, I I can't look at anyone else aside from him and say, like, he's the one guy who doesn't have one that I can look at him and say, all right, he's up next. I don't think none of the other young players, I don't really think Tatum, Tatum, he's never, I don't think he's going to have that type of usage um, to win one. Doncic is basically in hardened territory. So as long as he goes out there and performs at some point, that MVP spot's going to open up for him. Once man's get tired of Giannis, realistically. But, yo, what's crazy is, and I'm just realizing it, in all this discussion about, like, youngest teams, and now I'm, like, in this whole thing of, like, who's the best young player, I'm, like, fam, like, we didn't even bring up my Philly mats. <laughs> We're talking about two players that... This is based on the bubble. You're right. It is based on the bubble. That's why we haven't done it. But based on the bubble in terms of... But, yo, teams are the future, though. Like, that's moving future. Like, they were in the bubble, so they should have been, like, in a discussion of teams of the future. As long as they have those two pillars. I'm going to keep it very short with you, fam. Tobias Harris, Al Horford. I don't know, still. Because, yo, you wouldn't take... If if a man gave you Embiid... Okay, no. Maybe because he has... (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ben Simmons. (laughs) Ben Simmons, what? Ben Simmons, you can't. Okay, knowing what you know about Ben Simmons right now, right? And if he was able to just shoot the three pointer, and I'm not even going to say like he's. I'm not. No, no, chill, 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 chill. I'm not saying no, no, chill, chill, chill. I'm not saying yo, like oh, when he starts hitting threes, because yo, that conversation is stupid because you have to put like parameters on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mads aren't just going to just go out there and start hitting. So I'm saying if Ben Simmons gets to like a thirty percent three point shooter, to the fact to where like where Giannis was last year, where people. Obviously, they're not going to respect it like that, but the fact that he's willing to take it and hit it at like a, a reasonably enough clip, say he's out there shooting six threes a game and he hits two of them, that makes a difference. That all right, so say he's out there shooting four, four or five, and he's hitting thirty percent of those. That makes a big difference on how he on on how the team's success is going to be. You know what I'm saying? how the team is going to be um, moving, developing, moving forward, or how he as a player develops moving forward. Couple that with all the other things that he has going for him. Yo, fam, 30% is what Giannis is shooting right now, and Mans are actually saying, yo, Truce, you can beat me with that shit, dog. You got it, fam. That's what Mans are saying to Giannis right now. So, like, 30% sounds good, but when you look at it in reality, when Mans know you can kill me at the rim or you can toss up this thing for three on 30%, Mans is going to let you take it. But Ben Simmons isn't – I don't see Ben Simmons being better than Tatum right now or better than uh, Doncic for me to look to them. I think Embiid's a ticking time bomb. But, again, I think this team is hampered by the decisions they've made. So, And I've already discussed that. Robs, what are you saying? No, nah, I think Robs had to go deal with some um, home activity that he doesn't want to catch on the mic. That makes it sound very – erroneous i apologize but it's about that time for the break anyway so i guess we can just like take a little break and see what's popping with him and then come back for the round two
right. Uh, and if not, like, I'll get popping. I'll get a popping with the whole. <laughs> or I can, or I can actually go delve deep into LeBron James for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Nah, really get it off seconds, my chest. No, 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 no. We get your little soliloquy. Right. Yo, we'll be back. The hard report. Right. We're back. Sorry about that. I had to go tend to some needs, but I'm back at it nonetheless. So don't even stress. Um, so next part of the discussion we're getting into is player of the future. You guys didn't talk about that, right? We hit that still. That's Luca. That? All right. So yeah, I'll add Luca anyway. But I guess now this is the big question because yo, this is the one that I circled on my list. The biggest what ifs of the bubble. And I don't know how you guys interpreted this question because it was a little bit open, but I thought like, what if, and I don't want to seem bad mind, but <laughs> what if in the bubble, they started to see a rise in corona cases. Like, what would have happened? Oh, you're taking it somewhere I didn't expect it to go. Still. No, no, I, I know. I, I, yo, I'm throwing a curveball because I know how you guys are going to take it. But I'm saying, like, yo, this. That's a good question, though. Yeah, this is probably the most realistic thing because, like, what if those. What if the bubble didn't work? And, like, do we just have a lost season or, like, what, what happens from this point onwards? Because, again, there's no pending vaccine right now. So we don't know what's happening. Most likely, it would have just been a lost season. And that's why, honestly, like, after you get past, you know, praising the Lakers and whatever for winning the championship, the next person that deserves praise is is Adam Silver and, and his whole team that's backing him. Because, like, every other league that has, you know, came for their, their um, you know, started their whole coronavirus season or whatever the case is, each of them have has had positive tests. I think... NHL is the other team that hasn't had the positive test, but <clears throat> the majority of the leagues are having positive tests. And the fact that, you know, the thing was running so smoothly and we never really heard any hiccups out of the bubble, except for Paul George saying that he was depressed at one moment in time. And we, we also had other players coming out of the bubble saying, God damn, like that shit was like playing on my mental. Like it was hard. But besides that, like we never had no actual like physical, tangible issues with the bubble. So like it's a success for Adam Silver for sure. You know what I'm saying? Cause we probably would have had a lost season and that would have just been tragic because then LeBron wouldn't have been the GOAT. So I appreciate it. Yo, as you're talking now and you're just talking about how false the thing went, no coronavirus cases, not even a false positive. I'm not a conspiracy man, but are they capping? <laughs> what capping about what like man's not having one positive like you even hear a false positive not even a false positive or a false negative nothing <laughs> like not no, no, nothing but can you lie well, yeah that? For, <laughs> i don't know still yo, shout like, out to, isn't it a third silver, party still. though or am i wrong like <laughs> i don't know still. shout out to silver shout out to his team they did a great job nonetheless i can only go on based on what they told me still i'm not about to tell i'm not about to start nothing else so yeah shout out to them for real um Rob, you threw a curveball there, still. Yeah, they had but to throw because it's it, a good it's, question. It's the most realistic. But yo, yeah, what are your yeah. what ifs? Like that was that was the number one thing that popped in my mind. But no man's were thinking about it. But what are your what ifs? An, an easy one for me is Clippers don't blow three one leads. Still, you see that I I thought about that, fam. And that's the what the if re- of the what ifs, though. No, no, but like, you can't. But yo, the thing is, like, I can't call that a what if. My, I, I, I guess it all depends on what your idea of the what if is. My idea of of the what if is one singular moment. If you change that one singular moment, what I would happen that. at that point? You know what I'm saying? The Clippers had three chances to beat those guys. So what's your okay, so what's your one singular moment? So tell me that and then maybe I could think of something else. Yeah, my one singular moment was the ball going in and out on Mike Conley. 
and we watched that. Nah. Like it, fam, the ball went in and it no, came out. No, 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 I know, I know. And then after, know. no, no, but what I'm saying, after that, after that, that happened, Denver went on to beat the Clippers. So it all plays facts, into that Mike facts, Conley shot. Facts, still facts. No, 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 that's facts, though. That's facts. If that happens, we're actually seeing Clippers and Lakers, though. We're seeing Clippers and Lakers, and then and then that leads into the Denver Nuggets going on to beat the Clippers, and then getting waxed off by LeBron and, and company. So, like, that is, to me, that has to be the biggest what-if of the entire playoffs. Is there anything else similar to that? That's, that sounds like the only, if we're looking at it just, like, on a one singular moment thing, that sounds like the only, like, what if I can draw to. The only other one is that shot that AD hits, but it was a I series. Also, that's a I big also, one still. No, no, that's a big one still. I also, my second place when I was thinking about it, my second place was um, if KP didn't get injured in game one. Because they were up, they were up big, and then KP goes down. And that's then too early, it, though, fam. Yeah, but yo, fam, the series would have been two-two. The series probably would have gone to Game Seven, and we already know, we already saw what those guys played like in the Game Seven. Yeah, I don't. I just feel like that one's too early. Still, like that one's too early in the series. We're talking about Game One. What Conley, I heard you completely because that was literally winner go home. And I think I'm saying Anthony Davis a shot against the Denver Nuggets. I think. At that point, if he doesn't make that shot, they're down when he shoots that. And if he miss, if he misses that, it's two two, I believe. And at that yeah, point, yeah, it's two two. At that point, it's yeah, two-two. yeah, two two is that point. And then we may, it may have got dicey for the Lakers. I don't think they ultimately would have lost, but like looking at how things turned out, I can't draw a path where Lakers would have lost anyways. So yo, uh, second what if I had on my list was, and again, Chris kind of can explained his definition but again i i guess i looked at it from a more broad perspective but what if Giannis never got injured and i know this is a bit of a bad question what i'm saying is this <laughs> because yo we never we never really got Walks to see seven whether Giannis, yeah, uh, <laughs> we never got to see whether or not Giannis was going to put on that superhero superstar effort to say yo jump and on yo, my back and let's ride to it. seven games yeah Granted, Miami had a game plan for him. Let's not excuse what Man, they did. They won on. the game he got injured in. What are we talking about right now? But run that back one more time. They won the game he got injured in. But he got injured yeah. a lot. <laughs> yo, all I'm saying injured, is that, what, yo, what if, if he niggas are a different type of ways. If he so. didn't get injured, we could be talking about a different event. A lot. If he didn't get thing. injured, it would have been six games. So I hear that. that. Hey, this is why we call it the what ifs. <laughs> I, I wouldn't give you six, though. Give me seven, though. No, no, no. Because, yo, yeah, if you didn't get injured, I would have been right when I called Miami in six. Instead, I was wrong in Miami in five still. So I wouldn't have to come out here and apologize for for letting down the listeners. I hear that. All right. My third what if. What would have happened if the Celtics didn't implode, right? And and when I say implode, I'm talking about the... the, Did they lose in six or did they... Huh? They lost in... In six, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, like... That's why I had a third because I, fig- I I I remember they lost in six, but like they were up like ten points with like five minutes left or six minutes left in that in that fourth quarter, and they just imploded. So I'm like, if they close that deal and get it to a game seven, who comes out? And at that point, I said it already. Like I felt like the Celtics had a better chance of beating the the Lakers in the finals. So you know, if the Celtics were to get to the finals, does that have an impact on? Does LeBron James win or not? I feel depending, seeing how you know, seeing how it happened and seeing how LeBron played and seeing how AD played, I feel as if 
they would have won regardless, but I definitely feel that that series would a Celtic Lakers series would have gone seven for sure in my estimation. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I feel know like that, I feel like you're only saying that because Miami went six, fam. Like, let's keep in mind, Miami wasn't supposed to go six. Like, you, and I think you're only saying that now because you saw Miami going six. You're saying, okay, Celtics are better, so it should have went seven. But like, I don't. I don't think you really believe the Celtics would have pushed the Lakers to, to seven games. I don't think at the I don't think it, at going into a playoff series you would have said that because they were too small as well realistically just how we looked at Miami and saying they're small they're too small as well and the way the way the Celtics were playing in that sem- in that finals like they weren't tidy fam like they were up I truly believe that the Celtics played better than Miami Heat for probably seventy percent of the series but somehow every single fourth quarter the if they were winning. They found the a way to lose. Yeah, it was just it was tur- turnover after turnover after turnover, and Miami had a real problem with turnovers in the in the regular season, and it was a complete opposite. And I think, like, let's not act like this finals wasn't good. Like it was, for what we've had in recent memory, it was pretty good. It went to six games. Like, uh, of course, it's, it was kind of it was kind of a wash that they just washed them in game six, but we had some good games in that series, so. I don't think but it like, makes too much of a difference. Was it really good though? Because looking back, game one was a wash. Game two, both teams were just played hella ugly. That game would like hurt to watch. Okay, but as a basketball fan, ugly basketball, those are some of the best games. Man. That means someone's playing defense or some people are just missing. No, their shots, they were just trash. Game know. three, I don't know, Jimmy Butler explodes for 40 points and the and and you know that game was I, but it was an anomaly. Game five, they come back, they lose again. Yeah, but I oh, think no, game four, tr- Miami yeah. lost. Though. It's not like they got uh, outside of like the last game. Miami was in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were they were competing. Like I'm not like Jimmy Butler was out there leaving it all on the floor, panting on the sidelines. Like, let's not act like we didn't watch good basketball. Like this was a yeah, a, yeah that's all I'm saying. Whether they lost or so, not, it, so it wasn't entertaining. So why was why was the fam? So, it was just the world knew. At the end of the day, the Lakers are winning. You know what I'm saying? And two of and the I, games were a complete blowout. I don't think it would be any different if the Celtics were there. I think it would have been different, so. But we know why that is, so I won't I don't have to get into that. I don't know. You guys have any more what ifs? Uh broad scale, the Nets. That's it, really. If it was the Nets in that playoff series aside from I had a couple things. I had the Nets, I had uh If the nah, I can't even go to that. I was gonna say bring up the Phoenix Suns, but I don't truly believe that myself to even talk that nonsense though. <laughs> nah, the the Phoenix Suns wouldn't have done anything, but like it, they maybe they could have beaten instead of the Nets being in playing, or instead of the Grizzlies being playing, would the Phoenix Suns have pushed Portland and gotten that eight seed? But then they would have just got washed. That's why I can't really bring myself to say anything about the it. The Blazers got washed. Yes, they both would have got washed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. It's That's all the my same. Point. But no, but, but the what <laughs> if is like, would the Blazers have made it or not? That's that's a what if, like, you know? That's not a big it, enough one. Me they personally, made it and got washed. But for me personally, I just wanted Den- uh, Devin Booker to get a playoff series underneath his belt. One time, you know what I'm saying? Like, just get one. So, like. I hear that. You know? It's okay to get washed if you're a young team and you just want to get one. And, yo, one of the next... OKC would have got washed anyways. 
But OKC went to Game Seven, and it came down to one of the biggest blunder—not the biggest blunders. Nah, chill, chill, but chill, chill. don't talk about my guy like that. Still. But he had a big ass blunder, you know, to, to that propelled Houston to the to the hey. the next series. So I'm like, it's, what would have happened if that happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, in terms of what would have happened to Houston, we already seen Dan uh, Mike D'Antoni said, "I'm off these, I'm off, I'm, I'm out of here." You know what I'm saying? But would they be forced to make some type of wide ranging roster move like separate Russ and Harden and make it three for three in terms of the last superstars to meet up with Harden is this out? I don't know. Still I think I think going to the OK series and Houston as a series, like yes, Lou Dortz had a brain had a brain fart and decided to throw the ball off a man that was behind it, but he was never supposed to be there to begin with. He was never supposed to have 30 points on Harden shooting over 70%. Meanwhile, Harden shooting 27%. That was never supposed to happen. So for me, it's just the basketball gods even in the playing field and saying, all right, like, let's be real here. See? But when it comes to, like, OKC makes it through the year washed. Houston loses. I I still think there's, they're going to give Russ and Harden another try. I don't think they're going to trade all they traded for Russ and then go on to move him next year because at this stage in Russ's career, he's a negative asset. And Houston doesn't have positive assets to give up to get rid of him. That's facts. So, yeah, it's weird, man. It's weird. There's a lot of things that could have went opposite ways, and like again, we're never really going to really know because like things shake out the way they shake out for good reason, right? But um, we do have one more thing we want to get into before we wrap this up. Uh, what will we remember from the bubble? So what I'm going to remember from the bubble is the playing tournament because I feel like it worked well enough for them to consider implementing it in... No, okay, let me rephrase. There's been discussion from like media personalities like Bill Simmons or whatnot about a playing tournament, kind of like an NCAA playing tournament style um, because they felt as if like they wanted to kind of weed out the players that or the teams that were in the Eastern Conference just getting in and losing records versus guys in the West who have pretty decent records but just given their conference can't make it in so they created this pseudo playing tournament and this is the first iteration of it granted this may not be what it is moving forward however i feel like what i'll take away from this bubble if that sticks is that this is where i first seen it and this is where i seen it work right because although the game wasn't probably one of the higher rated games of the whole entire playoffs. It was really interesting to see Memphis go out there and grind, Portland go out there and grind and have it duel it, have them duel it out in a one v one v one winner takes all type of matchup. So I feel like if there's anything I'm gonna take away from the bubble is that if this particular playing tournament sticks, this is where you will f- will have seen it first and will have seen it work first. Yeah, that Portland run that Portland was a mod thing still. Like now I'm looking back and I'm thinking about it. Like they were going out there every single night. And the thing is they were winning bare games, but there were no blowouts. Every game, someone had to make a big play. And you had Gary Trent come, you know, kind of stamp his name in this league. You had Yusuf Nurkic come back from a broken leg looking very good um, based on, you know, what he's coming back from. And for me, the biggest thing I'm going to look back and remember is just, how high the level of basketball was coming off for four months. Um, I don't think it could have gotten any better. And I think there was a real question of what it was going to look like, the level of basketball. And not even when you get to the playoffs, literally from we came back from the eight playing games, whatever, 
there's teams all over the board going at it. And a lot of that has to do with the playing tournament. And it was just amazing to watch. And also, we didn't see as many injuries as we may have been worrying about coming into it. Um, not too many guys got hurt. My other co-host will talk some shit about Giannis, but like real ones, no. Um, Murray picked up an injury. He was playing 40, 45 minutes a game. Like that was bound to happen. Um, another thing I remember is the Clippers falling on their face. The Clippers being the Clippers, the basement boys going right back to the basement. Steve Ballmer investing bare money in a stadium. And now man's are looking at that saying, hold on. Is Kawhi gone next year? And Paul George being Paul George. For me, um, it's three things. And the first of it is it has to be LeBron James. And it's in the context of this, right? If we're going off of what we're used to in terms of calendar seasons, LeBron James is in year 18. And in year 18. Nigga, come on. Is that facts or not? 17 is good enough, fam. Say 17 is it. Is it facts or not? It's not facts. He's not in If we're going off of the calendar, the the regular NBA calendar, he would be in year 18. But year 17 just finished. What? That's just facts. Anyways. So, in year 18, I'm going to put things in proper context. The man went out there and shot 59% from the field for damn near 30 points, 29 point whatever, double-digit rebounds, near double-digit assists, like 8.5. We're talking about a man that is 35 turning 36 this year. And I'm saying to myself, when is he slowing down? I have... This entire year 17 going into year 18, I've tried my best to temper expectations for this man because I'm saying to myself, it can't keep going. Just like it it can't keep going. And then he proved to me that yes, it can. So until I show you that it can't, you just have to believe that it can. That's what I'ma remember. I'ma never doubt him again. Ever, ever. Never again. All right. Number two for me is that the league is in great hands in the sense that. So many young teams, so many young talent from bubble playing games to just regular season bubble games to young talent in the playoffs. So much of these guys showed out and shown that, you know, the league is at a place where the skill level is just at an all time high. And that's what I hate about old heads when they talk about, oh, the league is so soft now or back then it was way more physical. Well, at the same time, the league is extremely more skilled. Y'all niggas couldn't shoot still. Extre- the skill level between niggas in the 90s and niggas in the 2020s, it's 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 not even a debate. There's no debating it. There's no comparing it. Even niggas in the early 2000s. Sam, you, they don't have a hard end. They don't have a hard Sam, You can't compare this. It's it's not comparable. Harden only so, takes and Harden's, not even hit, and Harden's not even hitting like that. Like. But he only takes different <laughs> shots. Fam. Hard shots only. So, that's what I'm saying. And so, like, when Maz want to talk about, you know, or want to put the, the halo effect on backyard jail jail ball, you know, jail basketball. Prison just ball. Just shut up when you actually look at the game and you see what these players are doing and you realize that, fam, when you guys were playing, you never even imagined or dreamed of this type of athleticism, this type of shot making, this type of creativity. And I'm looking at the game and I'm saying, bro, like, it's ridiculous to how good these players are at their craft. It's ridiculous. Honestly, ridiculous. And then my last point is that 
I'm gonna just miss basketball in general. Like looking when I actually took it in that the season is over, and I've been saying it like on the pod sporadically, like, yo, we only have this much time to watch basketball or whatever. But like looking back at the season that was now, it's like the it's crazy to how much basketball plays a role in like my life in general, just from a fan perspective. And the fact that we have no idea when it's coming back or we have no clue when the next season is back on the horizon. So legitimately, the third thing that I'm looking at is that I just legitimately just love basketball in general. Like that's what I'm gonna definitely remember. Yeah, a lot of memorable moments from this particular place. I don't I don't know. I just felt like that bubble tournament playing tournament was big for me. And again I'll agree with you, Chris. It's just my overall appreciation for appreciation for basketball, but not only basketball, the NBA specifically, because like second to none in terms of how they handle this whole coronavirus situation, like no positive tests. Granted, players have to make sacrifices, but I feel like they made it the bubble as accommodating as possible. Um with the quality of basketball for what didn't seem to suffer. Like I wasn't watching the games and all of a sudden saying that this is a trash product. Like uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really notice that the fans weren't even there to be honest. Cause like it, 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 it seemed to me very, very, very similar um, in terms of an overall game. But I'm, I'm just appreciative for the basketball, for basketball to be able to continue. And like, hopefully um, they can resume the regular season um, in a timely manner. I think MLK Day is the tentative date right now, but we do have the NBA draft and NBA offseason is about to be around the corner. So, yo, there's a lot coming up on the horizon still. Fam, there's, I'm not even tripping about this offseason, fam. There's so little time and still so much that has to be done. There's going to be, you know, we know the free agents that are coming up. It's not the most amazing class, but there's a lot of teams out there that are going to have to do some crazy shit to try and get some flexibility. NBA draft, obviously, we have poor, polarizing players coming through that that draft and there's going to be we know there's going to be some player some star who's going to want out and that rumor mill is going to churn and we'll be right here to cover it still yep all things said we were there to cover i'm glad you said that kill because we are going to cover everything we're not going to leave you guys hanging during the off season because honestly i play nba 2k and my league's one of my favorite type of modes and i'm an off season man so you know i'm tuned into everything so uh, I think the draft is around the quarter. I think tentative date is November 16th. And then college basketball starts November 25th. Um, so a lot of things on the horizon, plus free agency, as you said, again, and we're going to keep everything covered. You guys have anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, I'm cool. Again, it's good to be back, yo. Lakers championship offseason. I'm, I'm, I'm in no rush. Y'all, y'all take your time. <laughs> Bask in the glory, fam. <laughs> and yo, um, as you mentioned, college basketball. And y- y'all have until November 25th to jump on the, the T. Clark and B.J. Boston hype train. T. You know Clark's not I'm good, give, but we'll get into that later. I'm going to give you guys until then to hop on that train. And when when November 25th comes, you will no longer be allowed on the championship train. T. Clark is not good. He's not I don't even good. think B.J. Boston has it, to be honest with you. I don't think he's like as good as he is. B.J., he's, right now he's top five. Um, that's he's ranked smoothest, top five that's the position. smoothest man in college basketball, you know. Doesn't mean he's a good. Right. He's, top, he's third right now. <laughs> like, okay. He's ranked third position. Okay. Still. That, offensive, that offensive repertoire, smoothest in, in college basketball. That's cool still. I know, an, I, I know a man at the Y that can give me the smoothest buckets too still. <laughs> You're disrespectful still. <laughs> 
You anyway, see how I didn't even respond to that? <laughs> nah, but if we're talking smooth, like I know some smooth men still. They're not league, though. Good. It's all good, <laughs> It's all good stuff. That was disrespectful still. Like, like, nah, he's he's not. He's like, I just don't think he's top five still. He's ranked third positionally, but we'll get into that. Maybe we might touch on some college basketball stuff moving forward if Mads are really bought it, but... Um, as it is for today, we'll wrap it up. It's a hybrid report, man, available on all streaming platforms, still coming at you with that consistent content. Never hoard a good thing. Make sure you share, distribute, give it out to whoever you need to give it out to because we're trying to spread the love as much as we can. Uh, next pod should be slated out for Monday, so make sure you guys stay tuned and download the episodes. It helps a lot. Leave feedback. We're always looking for feedback, constructive criticisms. But until next time, we'll talk to you. They won't swallow, we let them sticks breathe. Now my kind, I think they misbreed. Throw out that ride like I'm fishing. Another level, I'm on a big lead. They want some money like a beast bleed. Bitch fry like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullets still fly like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Niggas still die like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama still cry like.